0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Good evening, Broncos country, and welcome to another installment of the Orange and Blue View podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Ronald White. To my left, you will see Thomas
2: Hall. How are you doing, Thomas, on this lovely Saturday evening? I'm doing pretty good. I, I've been traveling a lot, so I am actually, you know, out in New England area, out in Patriots country. Unfortunately, trying to, <laughs> uh, you know, do these podcasts from different locations, so I'm not in my studio. It's a little bit difficult uh, trying to do it this time from a hotel room. So uh, I hope that everybody can hear me, and I hope the lighting's okay and and whatnot. But yeah, I mean it's uh, it's been a great trip. It's fun. Uh, it's nice to get out here and uh, you know see some different parts of the country and everything. But uh, yeah, it's a little harder to to jump into these podcasts and and be uh, you know as comfortable as I'd like. But it's it's still good. Other than the weather here's just been pouring rain today, so it's a little disappointing. But otherwise, I'm doing okay. How about you, Ron?
1: <laughs> I'm doing well. Weather here in Atlanta, it's it's, it's- really hot I think it's in the high eight. it was in the high 80s today so nice, <laughs> nice. enjoyed some nice time outside it, it was it was great um so we got let's get into the chat here we got folks coming in here got Kevin Gray thank you Kevin for your comment here we, we appreciate you says evening Broncos country Thomas and Ron big mile high salute not much news today Denver Broncos for life. MHH for life. Yes. So yeah, Kevin, there's not much as of today that was broke, but this week there have been some, some comments. There's been some tidbits of news um, that have come out of uh, of the Valley that, that we'll, we'll dive into for sure, um, especially with Justin Simmons said here shortly. And then we got Dylan Von arts coming in here. Thank you, Dylan, uh, one of our staffers here. We appreciate you. He says, Sup Broncos country? Make sure you hit that like button on the way in, share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Yes, if you don't do those, if you don't do nothing else, please make sure you do those three things. We will always appreciate you guys for that.
2: Absolutely, yeah, definitely. So you can get the alerts for the most part. If you want to watch the show, it gives you an alert. So subscribe, and then you'll you'll know when we come on. So we really appreciate sure. it if you uh, if you do support the show and and follow and whatnot. So thank you very much. Thanks, Dylan, for being here. Really appreciate it.
1: Yes, most definitely. And we got Todd Osendorf coming in here. Thank you, Todd. He says hello, Thomas, Ron, Dylan, Scott, and Broncos Country. DB for life. That's right. Denver Broncos for life. Thank you, Todd. You know, we appreciate you. And we got Mike S. Um, Mike S says, what's up, Thomas, Ron, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country? Well, what's up with you, Mike? How are you doing today? <laughs> doing well here. Doing doing well. Yeah. Thanks um, for being here, Mike. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. And then we got David McGrath coming in here. Thank you. Says, good evening, Broncos country. Hashtag Buckham Times 2. <laughs> Yes. Hashtag MHH for life. I'm, 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 I love this Buckham now. It's it's, yeah. it's one of the growing on things. me. It's growing on me. It took <laughs> a little while, but I'm like, you know, I, I can actually get with it now. Sean Payton's kind of persuaded me that I think Buckham is the way to go. So. Well,
2: and, and too, you know, there's still, there's, there's still a lot of doubters out there. There's still a lot of yeah. people that are, you know, trying to, trying to bash on Russell Wilson. So, you know, it, it's starting to really fit this Broncos team coming up, right? Like yeah. Who cares what you all think we are going to go out there and we're going to do what we need to do to win. And that's showing up in training uh, offensive uh, or organized team activities is showing up in their attitude. It's a lot different. So Buckham really fits. It's starting to really fit and I'm starting to like it. You know, I'm starting to really like it. Yeah. It really speaks to
1: the dynamic and the approach. Absolutely. Of how Sean Payton is using this offseason. Right. Again, there's, there's not too much media kind of being influenced here, but there's just enough. so we we kind of get to see what's going on, of course with OTAs, but you know he's keeping them focused, um, yep. keeping them on the field and making sure that you know the team can be the best that they can be in this yep. coming season. so that, and that's all we get asked for so
2: and and that's the thing too. you know we can we can sit here and talk about the talent of the players. And there's always there's always teams that are talented that can't, you know, put it all together on the field. And there's Mm -hmm. teams that aren't as talented that can. Right. And I think that Sean Payton is going to be able to put, you know, even there's you know, we can talk about the talent, but I think he's going to be able to mold them into something better than the talent may suggest based on what I'm seeing so far and based on what he's done in the past. Right. It's not just this new person coming in. He has. So. It is exciting, and, and when you get to watch a little bit of the OTAs and when training camps starts, you're going to start to see that. And I think people are going to start to have a little bit more enthusiasm going forward than they are right now because of what he brings. Because So far, it's been all business. It's been all implementing what needs to be implemented the right way. So I'm, I'm getting excited, and I keep saying I want cautious optimism, but it's hard not to get excited about this upcoming Broncos season from what we're seeing so far and, yeah and, yeah oh, you go ahead no oh, i was gonna say and, and that kind of brings us to the comments that that we were going to talk about tonight right there's comments out there about you know the enthusiasm for familiar face right <laughs> that yes we all are kind of i don't know <laughs> but so it, it's interesting
1: yes and speaking of that optimism and and those uh th- those comments so this week, I think it was either yesterday or Thursday. Um, all pro safety, Justin Simmons, uh, made headlines in his comments about former Broncos head coach and now defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph. And I, I just want to kind of take, um, kind of quote here, what, what he mentioned, um, as far as, you know, how he's feeling about the defense, how Justin Simmons, that is, is feeling about the defense about, you know, Vance Joseph um, and about how, how it's different now compared to what it was when he was the head coach. So he says, yeah. I think the biggest difference is he was a head coach. Back then, there wasn't as much dialogue. Obviously, he was with the defense, but he couldn't be too hands-on as much as you want to be, just because there's many more things that you have to take care of. And then he goes on to say that I feel like I've talked to him now more in the past few weeks than I really had the opportunity to when he was the head coach, just because now he's in the meeting rooms more. He's able to coach the little things up and we're talking formations, this, that, and the other. So that's pretty much the main difference. He seems the same guy that I remember him to be. I loved him when he was here as head coach. So I'm really thankful that we got him again. And you know, that, that, that's, that's encouraging and that that's nice to hear, just because he's right in the fact that in his previous stint, of course, he was the head coach. So Fans Joseph was responsible for the entire team. So there, there were times where he couldn't really focus on the defense, his calling card, as much as he wanted to. Whereas though, now with the talent that he has, and obviously some of that same talent that he once coached, i.e., Justin Simmons, with this talent on defense. He's able to go into these meeting rooms, some of these OTA practices, and yeah. you know, coach up the defense. Like, look at different plays, look at different formations. I'm pretty sure Sean Payton is in there as well in these meeting rooms, um, giving him some advice on what to look for. So, you can you can be encouraged and very optimistic, Broncos country. That you know, I know we're a little hesitant on Vance Joseph coming back. You know, I, I you know I had my reservations as well. I'm I'm one of them. But, you know, based on what Justin Simmons said, I feel a little better just because looks like there's more focus on detail. And I
2: think that that's going to help this team in the long run. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, people seem to be excited about it. I just want to, before I go jump into that, I just want to say hi to the Vermonter for saying uh, rep at New, uh, Broncos in New England. Yep, thank you for doing that. Divine Breaks came in. Uh, I appreciate, we appreciate you guys jumping on here, but, yeah, I mean, it does, Justin Simmons coming out and saying these things does help a little kind of quell that uh um, doubt in my mind, so to speak, right? <laughs> like, we watched Vance Joseph. It, it, we can't sugarcoat it. We can't. Yeah. Vance Joseph was terrible as the head coach. He was. And he's been okay as a defensive coordinator, But to have some of the people uh, that played for him when he wasn't doing well with the Broncos and kind of singing his praises a little bit does kind of help, you know, it helps remove a little bit of that doubt that I have. I still have doubt in my mind about Mm -hmm. Vance Joseph as a coach, even a defensive coordinator. So, you know, it's good to hear, I'll have to say it's good to hear, but I still need to see more happen on the field now he, you know, when he was in in Arizona recently, I think he was kind of depleted of talent. So hopefully, there's more talent on this team, and they'll be he'll be able to get more out of him. But uh, I still, I'm still going to be hesitant. I don't care how much the players talk about how great he is now or whatever they say. I've got to see it happen on the field. I just have to. You know, it's just there's there's too much doubt in my mind about Vance Joseph at the moment to to be excited about what he's bringing to the table. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I definitely get that. And then I want to get to a few folks here before I respond here.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
3: Time
1: breaks Comments in here. Thank you, Devon. He says, Yay, great to see you both on again. Well, thanks, yeah. Devon. I know you yeah, we were there last week. Sorry, yeah, sorry Memorial that.
2: Day got in the way. I was, I couldn't, I couldn't podcast from a tent. I was out in a tent and I, you know, we just had to cancel, just to let everybody get a break. But yeah, thanks, Devon. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Devon. It's good to see you as well. Thank you for yeah. in the chat. You know, we appreciate it. And then we got Ernie.
1: Thank you, Ernie. We appreciate you as always. He says, hello, Thomas and Ron. Go Broncos country only. Yes. I, li- I like the last word there. Only. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all that matters, right? So right. thank you for coming in, Ernie. <laughs> we appreciate you. And yeah, Thomas, i it's, it's more of a wait and see for me. It, you know, I, again, I'm, I like what Justin Simmons says. I'm a little bit more encouraged. But we just have to see it come out on the field. And, and in a way vance joseph has no excuse given the talent on this team now i know we can get into some of the concerns which we've talked about in the past we, we know edge is still a big thing defensive line depth right so we, we we can we definitely know that there are some depth issues in that regard but you know secondary you know the linebacking core which is solid for the most part, inside linebacker, um, they, there are enough good pieces on this team to kind of stay right there, within a, be a top five, top 10 defense. So, yeah. you know, I, I think, you know, again, with what Justin Simmons says, if he's in these meeting rooms, if he's looking at formations, you know, past film, talking to Sean Payton, you know, I, I, I think, I, you know, that would lead me to believe that, you know, the players are, are keyed in. And, you know, listening to what he has to say and
2: trying to make this defense all it can be. So, Well, well, I'll just say this right up at the, the start. We can talk about the talent or whatever, but the Broncos have stars-level talent at almost every level of the defense. Yep. So you look at the defensive line, DJ Jones. That guy is a stud. Yep. you got Randy Gregory on the edge. You've got Patrick Sertan in the secondary. You've got Justin Simmons at safety. Those are elite-level talents. Now, I'm not going to jump on the, I like, I love Josie Jewell. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't say he's elite at any, but you know, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of lacking in the linebacker crew, but there's some, some really good talent on this team. And if he can't get the most out of them, that's a problem. I, I, I mean, health, health is going to be a concern. Hopefully that doesn't happen uh, that we have seen the last couple of years, but he's got talent. He's got talent and he's got young talent to molt. Yes. Baron Browning, right? Young talent that he can mold and get more out of. You got Drew Sanders coming in as a rookie with loads of talent and a lot of upside, in my opinion. You've also got Damari Mathis out there. If he can't bring those players up and make them better, then he's going he's gonna to be a one-and-done defensive coordinator in my mind. So I think he's got the talent to do it. Now, I'm not saying that this defense is, like, talented all across the board and they're going to be all-stars or anything like that, but he's got talent to work with. And he can't, he can't mess it up this year. I mean, he's got to come through or he's going to be looking for a new job in my opinion. Yep. Agreed. I'm just going to grab a couple more comments. Uh, we've got Greg Smith coming in saying, good evening, Broncos country. Thanks for being here, Greg. we got Keith Brugman coming in. We got, we got a lot of the people that we're so used to seeing. So thank you for coming in, Keith, <laughs> Thomas and Ron. So great to see you both. Carol is coming in saying, good evening, Broncos country. Hope you're doing well. We got Dominique Martin coming in. Hey, Broncos family, orange and blue view. Shout out to the entire Mile High Huddle team, Broncos for life. Thank you, Dominic. Thank you, Dominic. And that's true. Like the entire Mile High Huddle team has a ton of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Watch them all and, you know, get a, a new perspective from each of them. So I, I appreciate that shout out. We got Jason O'Neill also coming in I'm saying good evening, Thomas, Ron, Dillon. Scott, I trust Broncos country as well and living the dream. Buckham. And then, of course, we have, you know, the legend, Michael Ron coming in. Good evening, Thomas Hall and Ron White. I'm Orange and Blue View. Go Broncos and Buckham. Always, Michael, thank you so much. You You always give us the most support, and we really, really appreciate it. Now we've got Phil McLaughlin, another legend coming in, saying evening, Thomas and Ron. So the, with a great question, right? So the five worst coaches in Broncos history, in my opinion, Phil check, Faulkner, Speedy, Hackett and McDaniels, your opinions, Buckham mile high huddle for life. Yeah, that's a bad list. That really is a poor list. Um, And from my perspective, I've talked about this before, actually on Twitter and the two worst coaches in my mind really are Hackett and McDaniels. Yes. McDaniels, not so much for the X's and O's, but what he did to the Broncos organization, he came in with his ego and absolutely destroyed the organization. They were not a bad team. They were on the cusp maybe of taking that next step with some of the players he just came in and destroyed it all. And it just, it, it, you know, it led to something great, obviously led to, you know, John Fox coming in and then Kubiak, whatever, but the, from that perspective, he's the worst coach in my mind, regardless of how many wins or losses, the percentage or whatever, this Hackett is right up there because he could, he was just inept, not a bad guy. He just couldn't do the job. And he had talent. He had, they brought traded everything for Russell Wilson. And he still just flat out failed. I, I give these other guys a break from the olden days, you know, Faulkner speedy. They just had no talent. The, Back then, the, I mean, the Broncos drafted a, several Hall of Famers that never played for the team. Right? They just couldn't get those players on the field, so they didn't have the talent. So I give them a little bit of a break. They're bad. Hackett was just completely inept.
1: Yeah, thank you, Phil, for your comment. And I, Phil, Check, Faulkner, Speedy, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with those three. That was a little bit before my time, but I, I did hear that. Yeah, the, the talent level that they had kind of wasn't there. So, I mean, that, that, that kind of, you know, kind of plays into that role, but definitely I'm with you, Thomas Hackett and McDaniels for sure. And I, I think I agree with the ranking McDaniels, what he did, you know, it it just torpedoed everything, you know, it, it, it definitely, (laughs) it definitely really hurt Broncos country and yeah, Hackett, the, the incompetence, you know, you had the talent on the Broncos roster, you just could not, you couldn't do your job. You you didn't know where to go. A lot of these games, you were in over your head. Um, Even trying to run an offense to even fit Russell Wilson. Um, Luckily, we had the defense, but uh, we didn't go anywhere, right? And so it was just a disaster from the jump. So, Phil, I I definitely agree. Um, But the top of my list would definitely be Hackett and
2: McDaniel. Yeah. And Speedy, actually Hall of Fame player, not a good coach, but ended up the same with the organization scout for a while. And so I kind of give him a little bit of a pass, but if you look at the, uh, if you look at their wins and losses, they were just bad. But like I said, the talent in the sixties for the Broncos just wasn't there. They, they couldn't do, I mean, there's only so far you can go with uh good coaching. You have to have the talent and they just didn't have it. I mean, I remember, you know, to, uh, looking back, researching some of the players from the early sixties, there was maybe three, you could point to maybe three star players back then. And and the rest was, you know, they, they were just people that they brought in. In fact, uh, I, I talked about one of them came in, they were, he was working at a gas station and happened to get a tryout and ended up playing, uh, playing football for the Broncos. So it, yeah, I give them a little bit of a pass wins and losses. They were bad, but for my money, Josh McDaniels is the worst coach in Broncos history just because how bad he just came in and destroyed it. Yes, definitely. And then we got
1: Gary Palmer coming in, the legend. Thank you, Gary. You know, we appreciate you as always, he says. Hi, Thomas, Ron, Scott, and Dylan. Go Broncos. Hashtag Buckham. Again, thank you, Gary, uh, for your comment. We are in your chat. We appreciate you. And I want to get to... Uh, A few comments here I see in the screen. I think there was one from Keith. Yeah, this one here. And this is a great point, Keith. Thank you here. He says, Sean Payton made Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston look good. And you're right on the money, Keith. And that's the other part of the reason why I love Sean Payton. Granted, one part is what he's able to do with an entire offense, right? Get players in position to make plays the schematics, that's that's why I love him as a head coach. But being that quote-unquote quarterback whisperer and helping Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston, as you saw in those years with the Saints, you know, they were still competitive. Granted, you know, they weren't world beaters or anything. They they weren't going to go out and, and beat the top teams as you would think, but they were still in games just because, you know, what he was able to do with these quarterbacks. And we saw when Jameis Winston was in Tampa Bay versus what Jameis Winston looked like under the toolage of Sean Payton in New Orleans. It was like a night and day difference. And I think for the Teddy Bridgewater, I think he went on a 5-0 and o run. So that that's a good point, Keith, of another reason you should feel encouraged, not only with the schematics of Sean Payton, but he can make average quarterbacks, you know, Above average and play at him, play at a good to elite level.
2: And I would just like to say that the the more encouraging thing to me isn't that he made these quarterbacks look good. He took three different quarterbacks, very different in style, and made them better. So you took Drew Brees, made him into a Hall of Fame quarterback. He made Teddy Bridgewater, who's different than Jameis Winston made him – I mean, he got him, uh you know, this that huge contract yep. for Carolina. And then he he took James Winston and was able to mold him into a different player. And he got hurt, so you never really saw what he could become. I think he could have been a pretty good quarterback under Sean Payton. But that, that's what's encouraging me because, you know, a lot of people think about Drew Brees and they, what he did for Drew Brees. And then they're thinking, oh, well, he's going to try and make Russell Wilson into Drew Brees and blah, blah, blah. No, he took different quarterbacks, different styles, different way of playing, and he made them better. So you look at what he can do for Russell Wilson right now and look at what, you know, and evaluate what he does well and make Russell Wilson better because he has that experience of helping different styles, right? That's what's encouraging to me. It's not just that he made, you know, average quarterbacks look better. He made different average quarterbacks look much better. Yep. That's what right I like, there. and we got David McIlrath coming in. In Sean Payton, we trust with the super. Thank you so much, Denver Bronx for life. Yeah, we have to trust that Sean Payton can really mold these people uh, into better players, and not just mold the pe- the players into being you know better on the field, but have them working together as a team in a better manner. That's you know that's what he's going to do, and that's why we have to kind of trust the process. So far, the process to me has looked really good. Uh, he seems to be doing the right things, making the right moves, saying the right things, and so far they look like a, you know, the feel of it's better, I guess. And and we're going to see more in training camp, but I'm encouraged.
1: Yes, and thank you, David, for your comment. And how can you not be encouraged, right, based on what what has transpired so far? You know, the the he's again in OTAs. You know, he's done a good job with making sure the players stay focused, um, stay with their assignments. Um, I know we mentioned, or he mentioned about Greg Dulcich, um, kind of being that joker. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, him put, again, putting players in position to win that, that I know we said it before, but I think with veteran leadership now at the forefront, we, we're a little bit more, encouraged than, than we once were. so again we'll, we'll see what happens and keith brings up a good point here and that's further in the uh in, in the quotes as well thank you keith for jumping in with with the additions he said justin simmons on sean payton's practices in one word educational how can you not love that broncos country yes and that was very intriguing keith that that portion of educational um because based on what justin simmons says it's you know, I don't think we got this before in the sense that he's going to show you he wants something done and tell you why. Give you that reason as to why he's running this play, why he's putting you in this position, what he expects out of you as a result of this play. So I would bet you my last dollar hacking didn't, didn't do any of that. <laughs> right. So the fact that, you know, he's coming in with, that approach, that strategy to ensure crisp execution yep. is can be can help this
2: team a lot. So yeah, and it, and I'll jump on that. It's not just going out and practicing; it's making sure you practice it right. So he's been known to stop a play, yep, if it's done right, wrong, and make sure it's done right. You don't just practice the wrong way just for the sake of practicing. He's yep. very, very um meticulous you know pointed in what he's doing it's 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 trying to make sure that you're out there doing it right before you move on to the next play so there's a lot to to consider when it comes to what sean payton his approach his style you know people maybe not liking it so much that he's not talking about it so much but the people that are there that are watching the people that are in the know see how he's making sure the perfection comes out in the practice field right that's that's the big thing Got Leroy, Leroy. Oh, sorry. Did you grab a comment there? Uh, sorry, Ron. You grabbing a?
1: Yeah, I wanted to just grab Phil here really quickly. Yeah. Thank you, Phil, as always. Says I am yeah, sorry, sorry, but VJ has to show me before I believe it. Absolutely. And Phil, you're absolutely right on the money. You know, it, again, saying all the right things, but I need to see it out on the field. I need to see it out in the wash, That's as right. Adjan likes to say. And we'll see that. You know, when when the season starts we'll see you know what formations what plays how he has these players in position um what plays he calls things of that nature so again we just have to see it to believe it i'm I'm gonna go back on you know my train of he has more than enough talent to make this work yep so you know he has to just get it done
2: I'm going to give a shout out to Michaela for being here. Thank you, Michaela. saying good evening, Broncos country. I appreciate you being here. As always, Michaela. you're a big you, support, supporter of all the Mile High Huddle shows. I'm going to grab Leroy Williams here, Leroy Williams, sorry, uh, asking us a question coming in from Facebook. We really appreciate it, uh, Leroy. Thanks for being here. Mile High salute, guys. Do you think the Broncos are fine at running back, or should they bring in another veteran? Me, I want to give Zeke a chance to shine in this offense. What do you guys think? Ron, why don't you jump in there and, and see, I want to know what you have to say about this. I'll jump in there after.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you, Leroy,
2: for your question. This is a good question.
1: Thank you again. So I, I, I'm still under the belief that I don't think the Broncos are quite set at running back. Um, you know, we, we've seen the footage of Javante you know, again, it looks, (laughs) again, it's just OTAs, right? It looks, it looks okay, you know, okay, we're we're happy, but, you know, we, we we don't know until he really starts to take on, you know, that, that contact. So, and of course there's P Ryan there as well. Um, So I would say maybe bringing in another, another running back would be okay, but I'm not, I'm not going to go out there and spend high dollar on a running back. And, you know, your comment here about Zeke, Zeke's going to, He's going to command some money, and as good as Zeke is, I, I know he's probably not what he once was when he came out of Ohio State. But he's still he's still above average uh, running back for sure. Um, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't spend any money on Zeke. Maybe someone on the mid to lower tiers coming in, um, but definitely definitely not Zeke. But I would say yeah, from a running back position, I would say maybe adding one more lower tier veteran. Um, wouldn't
2: hurt. Here's my thoughts on it. Right, the Broncos don't seem to be too frantic when it comes to the running back position.
0: Yeah. Right,
2: they they didn't go after anybody really, P, P. Ryan right away. But other than that, they've been pretty content with just grabbing a few people that you know, tro- uh, Tony Jones. That these they're a little bit familiar with some some uh, you know undrafted folks and they brought in somebody from the uh, XFL. Oh. They have not been frantically trying to bring in a running back. So it, t- it tells me two things, right? It tells me number 1, even though I still doubt it, even though we're seeing it and we're they're talking about it, it tells me that Javante Williams is is actually farther along than I think he is. Yeah. They actually believe that he can contribute earlier in the year when I thought he probably wasn't going to play until much later in the year so that's one thing and two they they're not they're not bringing anybody in because they think they've got what they need they feel like i think it seems like because the rumors were that they were clearing money for dalvin cook right they're clearing money for dalvin cook here it is june 1st it's coming on no, nothing's been happening no big waves i i just feel like they're content right so they're not going to go out and bring in Zeke or anybody else for them are they just they just cut two running backs and they didn't bring another one in to make room for somebody else so I really think that Sean Payton is content with the running back room that they have and I don't see any moves unless there's some injuries or something else happens where they can get a cheap you know option on on a really good player like maybe Dalvin Cook's willing to take a little bit of less of a money uh, to come here or, or maybe Zeke but to me, it, it just—it's screaming that they are content to have uh, Purine start the season, have the backups the way they are, and wait for Javante Williams to be fully ready to come in and play. Now, it would be fun to watch Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott play in this offense. I think it would be uh, really cool. I just think he probably wants too much money, and they're not willing to do it. Uh, and, and, you know, down the road, if somebody does get injured or say Javante Williams has a setback, this may change, right? This may change, but if they were going to make some moves, I feel like they would have made him already. So I, I think they're happy with what they have. And I, I actually think, uh, Piran's going to be a lot better than people think. I, I just, that's, he's got the skill and he just needs the shot. And I think they're going to give it to him.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> I, I agree mostly. I, I think, yeah, obviously they they think they're set. It's just a matter of, again, we don't know. Again, Javante Williams looks good, and from what from what they have done, that they they haven't signed anyone else. So, you know, they they they're content with just going into the season with Javante and P Ryan. I'm just under the impression of thinking maybe. If Javante is not one hundred percent, and then heaven forbid there is an injury to P Ryan, yeah. what do you have? Right? I mean, you still have those others on the roster, but again, you don't have that that veteran. So that's why I was saying there may not be done. And you know, there's still some time they maybe can sign someone else, bring in a veteran at a later point. But that that's just kind of where my mind is. But we'll see. You know, again, we have to trust in Peyton
2: and. But- I, I will I will just comment, Leroy. I, I've been worried about the running back position for a while. And I've been talking about it. I, I said that's one of those positions that they need to kind of address that they haven't really. So, But it was all in my mind thinking that Javante Williams is going to be around for yeah. for a long time. But everything points that he is. So yeah. I, I don't know. But, you know, the, the thing about the running back position is oftentimes they can sign somebody a little bit later that's still yeah. pretty good, right? Yeah. Obviously. Ezekiel, it's still sitting there waiting to be signed. So there's, there's players out there that if, if an injury happens in training camp or into preseason, they'll go out and get somebody may not be, you know, the, the star that everybody wants, but somebody serviceable enough to carry. low. we, we saw what happened with Latavius Murray last year, right? He came in the middle of the season to play for the Broncos and ended up being one of the best uh, offensive players on the team came in late and nobody expected it. So there is some options, but I, I do think you're right. There is a little bit of still concern, but I think that's coming from people like me and, and other people in the media. It's not really coming from inside you know, the Broncos organization. They seem content. Yep. So that's that's where I'm I'm kind of going with it. I, I don't think they I don't think they care. I don't think they're really worried about that position. I think they're ready to go as is. Now it could change. I mean, like I said, Dalvin Cook might get cut in. You know, and uh, they may say, hey, we're, we're, you know, it's too good to pass up. But at this point, they seem very content.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, we will see what happens with uh,
1: (laughs) with, the running back, how it unfolds out. So, yeah. We got Phil
2: McLaughlin coming back in with another question about the tight ends, right? And he says, you guys think Trotman will be the second string tight end. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think they signed, they traded for him with the intent of having him as the second string guy, and they did it during the draft after they realized that they couldn't get their guy right. The they, they the guy that they wanted didn't fall to them where they needed it to them fall, and they passed up some others, kind of later round picks, <clears throat> to get somebody that they're familiar with, that they they you know that they know what he can do, and I think he's absolutely going to be the second string tight end. I think they're going to do a little you know some two tight end sense. It's going to be him and Dulcich and you know I think um Manhurts is going to be really the third and that kind of to me leaves um Alberto on the outside looking in right I I don't know if they have big plans for Alberto and I'm surprised that they haven't tried to you know kind of package him and maybe KJ Hamler up in some sort of deal and maybe it's because you know they can't get anything maybe they've tried but yeah it just seems like it's it's Dulcich, Troutman, and Manhertz, and then you know after that it's like we don't know, like we just don't know what's coming up. So I'm I'm not not sure in your feelings on that, Ron, but I, I definitely think he's number two. I think Dulcich is the starter, and and uh, Troutman's going to be that reliable guy that they know
0: about.
1: Yeah, I I agree hundred percent, Thomas. Uh, Troutman was brought in to to be <laughs> at minimum second second string. So it's going to be you'll see a lot of sets where Dulcich and Troutman on those two tight end sets. I think Man Hurts is more, he'll be the third option. I think he's been brought in more so for blocking. Um, You may see him at times in some of the two tight end sets that Sean Payton runs, but uh, definitely Dulcich and Troutman will be out on the field a lot. Uh, So yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I just want to jump back into this. uh, Sorry. I just, I hope we answered your question, Phil. I'm going to jump back into this. uh, We're talking about the running back again. Uh, Leroy comes back in. So it says if P Ryan gets hurt, Javante not ready. Who's the the guy to go after uh, P Ryan? I, I think that Sean Payton is taking a chance on uh, on Tony Jones, yeah, definitely. Jr. Right? I think they brought him in because they're taking a chance on him. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like they're too. I guess I'm just I, I'm worried about it too, Leroy. I'm not trying to like you know say that you're you're not you're uh, you're concerned about it. it's not valid. Because I I was concerned. I've been concerned. And you're right. If somebody gets hurt, they're, they're in a little bit of trouble, but I, I think they kind of like Tony Jones jr. Because, and the reason why I say that is because they, um, cut the other kind of bruising back that they brought in as a trial. Yep. The other guy that I thought may give Tony Jones uh, jr. A run for his money for that kind of second guy off the field. If, if Javante Williams, uh, isn't ready to go, but they, they cut him. So it just feels like they're, you know, they're hoping that everybody stays healthy and Javante returns. But in any situation, if somebody gets hurt, and um, you know it, they're they're going to have to they're going to have to kind of struggle to find that next guy up. And, and and Phil McLaughlin's coming in here too, saying I think there's a good possibility McLaughlin could be a sleeper. He might be the next Philip Lindsay. Yeah, and and there's a big there's a lot of talk about McLaughlin. I think he's a great cha- change of pace back. But you know, like that second guy off. Um, uh, you know, the second guy into onto the field, the bruising back that kind of take, you know, isn't that is more of that one, two punch. And then you got your McLaughlin to come in as that, you know, kind of counter punch. Um, I, I think that, I mean, everything's pointing to that. They're, they seem like they're content and, and it is concerning. And, you know, it was, was really concerning to me when I was looking at the defensive line. And they're relying on these young guys to be their the rotational guys, and there's no real experienced rotational guy. I was like, why aren't they addressing that? But sometimes, you know, they're they're content to do certain things, and we're just, you know, kind of on the the outside looking in, not not privy to all the information that's going on. But uh, yeah, I I like McLaughlin Uh, from what I've heard and from what I've seen. He's actually a a pretty solid running back for what they got him for kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Going back to Leroy's um, comment, and that's why that's kind of what I said, what I said, Leroy, because we, we, if Javante is not ready and Piron, who, who they have to go to now, I agree with Thomas. It's going to be Jones Jr. Just because there's familiarity with Sean Payton. And then there's really no one else after Jones Jr. That can really take on, (laughs) That those starter snaps. I mean, you got Demaria Crockett, but to Phil's point, we, it would be nice. Let's see what McLaughlin can do. Now, I have seen some film of him, and he he is a great running back. He's a good choice, and he I can definitely see some Philip Lindsay tendencies with him as, as he's on the field. So um, it'll be interesting to see if you know if he does come in for a set of plays, but you know. I, I I think we just kind of have to trust the Broncos. And as Thomas mentioned, I think if they were really concerned about running back, they would have signed someone else by now. But, you know, based on what we've seen in OTAs and the progress that Javante has made, because it was really all dependent upon the status of Javante Williams. I I think that's why a lot of us were concerned. And now that we see him out on the field looking you know, <laughs> looking good. <laughs> you know, I, I think that kind of you know lessens the concern for us uh moving forward. But you know, again, if there's an injury that breaks out in camp, you know, all all things change. So
2: yeah. And Gary uh Palmer, of course, coming with a great comment. Like always, Gary, thanks for Thank thanks Gary. for dropping in here and, and dropping that. You know, he says, I'm thinking they're waiting for the drops from training camps. Like who who falls who, out? Who's not in the yeah. plans yeah. that's you know a solid backup that you know somebody may have drafted a running back and they're just like, you know, we don't need the this veteran. So we're gonna we're gonna let him go test a, you know, see if he can grab another job somewhere else. That does happen quite often. And so, you know, I I can see that happening. But again, like like you said, Ron, the biggest concern is whether or not Javante Williams is healthy. And we've all had skepticism about it this entire time for good reason for good reason. I mean, there, there's uh, studies out there that show that that's a valid ex, uh concern, but he seems like he's much farther along than we think. So I think the Broncos are just preparing for him to be on the field, which is, is strange to say. Uh But if somebody gets injured, it's, you know, injuries happen and it really, you know, can, it can put a bind on, on the Broncos, especially someone else made a comment, you know, I think it was Mike S said that, you know, Russell Wilson needs that running game. So we got to, you know, we've got to watch them really, really focus on the run a lot to help him out. But, you know, it, it's it's all the moves that they aren't making that keeps pointing to me thinking that Javante Williams is really almost ready to go. And if he is, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? right. If Javante Williams is, is cleared and ready to play and healthy, nobody's concerned about the running back position at this point. Right. Agreed. And we got Phil McLaughlin coming in here again. Thank you,
1: Phil. You know, we appreciate you as always. He says, okay, guys, I don't want to hog the pod. <laughs> it's okay. So one last question. If Cushionberry gets hurt or is not performing, does Forsyth get a start?
2: No. Hashtag great show, guys. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll let you go, Thomas. <laughs> no, I mean, they brought Kyle Fuller in to be the, the yeah. backup. Yeah. I mean, unless something, unless... Forsyth is totally blows them away in training camp and they don't need Kyle Fuller. And they're like, you know, this guy's great. Then yes. But uh, in my opinion, it's Kyle Fuller. uh, He's, he was brought in to be the backup to cushion If cushion gets hurt or really stumbles out of the gate, they're going to put him in there. He's going to be that swing guy that uh, that's really the main backup that comes in. And you have to also consider the, it's not just because they signed Fuller. Uh, If you look back at Sean Payton, he's only started rookies. For the most part in his career, he's done it two times and it was one of them was out of complete necessity, right? They had signed Olin Kreutz to come in and be the guy. He got hurt. The other guy wasn't ready to go and their, their rookie actually beat him out But he was an old rookie that had been a, he was technically a rookie, but he wasn't, he had bounced around practice squads for a while and got quite a bit of experience in the NFL and he ended up getting the start, Brian De La Puente but uh, they did. And then later they drafted uh, Eric McCoy much later, uh, you know, down the road and he got the start as a rookie, but he was a, you know, he was kind of a planned start. He was a little bit higher pick, but uh, than then Forsyth was. Uh, so I, I don't see him getting the start. I do like Forsyth though. I think he's kind of got a future down the road. I think he needs a little bit of development and a little bit of time in the NFL to, to uh, become that, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, uh, you know, have anything negative against him. I think he's, you know, he, he's a, he seems like a pretty good player. I just think they have the two, uh, two, the two centers in mind already.
1: Yes. I, thank you, Phil, again. And I, I agree with Thomas. It's, it's going to be Kyle Fuller, you know, if Chris gets hurt, you know, they brought him in um, for a reason. He has familiarity with Russell Wilson. He's, He's a veteran compared to Forsyth. You know, we just drafted Forsyth. And Forsyth just has to develop. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see his development moving forward, um, hopefully turning into that stable and starting center that we want. Because, you know, I I say that if, if Cushenberry doesn't perform as he should. Now, I know... We all have our reservations, our doubts on Cushenberry, but we are hoping and praying that Cushenberry can perform to a an above average level at center. Yeah. Um, that 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 that's what we all want because, you know, Forsyth for is promising, and you know, I've I've liked the tape on him at Oregon, but again, he's he's a rookie, and we we, we just don't know what we're going to get quite yet. So. You know, yeah. If Cush gets hurt, it's, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be Kyle Fuller.
2: And, and it's not easy to start as a rookie. I mean, Cushenberry did it. There's there's been some that have, but you know, calling out the the line calls and and doing whatnot. It's not as easy to start as a yeah. center. So uh, I think they're okay. I, I, I'm worried about Cushenberry, but they like him. I think they're going to try and make something out of him, and and uh, things. You know, hopefully he responds well to that. I'm just going to grab one quick comment here that i saw coming in from dj capo talking about tony jones jr he really likes him he said what sean, sean did with tony going uh doing before he left watch what happens when start starts season dj's a, a proponent of tony jones jr thinks he's uh gonna, gonna surprise some people so thank you for coming in dj really appreciate that uh that insight so thank you very much yeah thank you dj and yeah, yeah. i think we're all looking forward to seeing what happens
1: you know when Tony Jones Jr. is out in the field, I did see some tape of him, and he—he yeah, is—he is good. What Sean Payton did with him before he left, it—it it was very—it was very fun to watch. So, right. you know, now that coming to Denver, let let us see let's see how
2: that that unfolds. Might surprise some people. Sure. I'm gonna grab Michael here. Uh, of of course, the legend uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in, saying great show tonight. Thomas Hall and Ryan, Ron White, orange and blue, Vu. go Broncos and Buckham. And he also jumps back in here to give another comment as always uh, with, you know, providing the support for our show, which we really appreciate with Facebook stars. So he's saying thank you for showing Broncos country, the love of the Denver Broncos organization, go Broncos and buck them. Yeah. It's all love for the Denver Broncos coming from us. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely give you the, uh, our honest opinion. And if we think they're not doing the right thing, we're going to tell you, but in our hearts, we, we want the Broncos to, to do well. And we we're tired of seeing this, this losing. So Thank you, Michael. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. You know, we always appreciate you. I want to grab one in here from
1: Jason O'Neill. Thank you, Jason. This is a really uh, good point. Um, He says, what I'm most excited about is to see a new thought process that keeps opponents guessing. A team that is more innovative, and I'm excited to see what Sean has, I guess, in mind for Russell Wilson. Yes. Yes. Yes, I I I definitely agree with you 100%, Jason. It's, you know, keeping that defense, keeping that opposing team guessing what you're going to run on offense. And Sean Prayton's the the brightest of NFL minds out there. <laughs> so we have no doubt with his schemes and his play calling what he's going to do. Now, we all know that. Or we all expect i should say for it to be a heavy emphasis on the running game but it's going to be you know a lot of throwing as well it'll be more balanced i think than we think um but just these schemes and designs of running plays and kind of how how all that's put together and then keeping the defense on their toes with the play designs he calls it it, kind of like what shanahan does you know i i kind of go back to the kyle shanahan i'm I'm a big fan of kyle shanahan and how he runs the 49ers offense of you know kind of keeping the defense guessing but lots of these plays are through the running game because we know kyle shanahan is a big proponent of the running game so i can see something similar to the sean payton offense a lot of things sprouted through the running game with some play action, of course, Russ stepping on the pocket, throwing down the field. Um, it's, it's going to be exciting, it's going to be exciting, but I definitely, yeah. I definitely agree 100%. Well, and,
2: and you know, we watched Fangio and Pat Trimmer, who were super predictable, and then we watched Hackett, who was you know, the, the offense was pretty inept. So, you know, this is going to be a huge difference, and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Jason, for that. It's, it's a great insight, uh, to, to what we hope that the Broncos will bring to the table. And I think, I think you're right. I think it's going to be innovative. It's going to keep them guessing. And we're going to see a, a much more productive offense than we're used to. Yes. Yes, exactly. I just want to say hello to David saying for Forsyth, Forsyth was a steal in the seventh round. I hope you're right. I like him too. Yes. I think he's a player. I don't think he's a good, you know, tester that uh, went out and, and wowed anybody, but on the field is where it counts. And I think you're right. I think he is a steal. I just think he's going to take a little time to, to see the field. So, uh, I, I hope so too. I, you know, you know, Tom Nalen got his shirt on. He was a late round pick that uh, really turned out. So I'm hoping that, uh, Forsyth does as well. And I, you know, we need to see a, a nice, uh, centerpiece on that offensive line that they spent so much money to go out and and fix and, and then left the centerpiece alone. So let's, let's hope that that you're right, David. I, I appreciate that. Ron, I don't know about you, but, uh, I think we should uh, start wind down the show and uh, and uh, head off into the night, so to speak.
1: Yes, yes, definitely I'm Looking at the chat, yeah, I don't, yeah. So yeah, we can head off. So, yeah, uh, we thank you guys for joining us um, on this Saturday night. We appreciate you. Thank you to all of our uh, superstars that came in here um, to support us. We appreciate you as always. And as as Dylan mentioned at the beginning of the chat please make sure you hit that like button share on all platforms and subscribe to all of the channels if you haven't already it really helps us um the podcast bring new listeners and such also we're on twitter so please follow my co-host here thomas hall nfl and follow me as well at ron white nfl and you know as you guys tag us we've definitely respond to comments and all the latest and greatest Broncos news that's out there. So we we really appreciate you guys.
2: Thomas, any last words? Yeah. I just want to say thank you for the support that you guys gave us tonight. And thank you for bearing with me while I'm trying to uh, do these pods while traveling, you know, so uh, not the greatest locations, Uh, definitely uh, wearing my Broncos hat out here in Patriots country. So everybody, we, I really appreciate the support. We, we definitely do here at my huddle and thanks for joining. Thanks for the great conversation. And, With that, I'll just say thank you and go Broncos. Go Broncos.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance.